Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Well, hello everybody. It is another B&E podcast. Yes. And it is episode 163. And, uh, you know, it's a free form kind of conversation. We'll see where it goes. We actually, uh, we're talking a bit about it, um, before. And, uh, and I think Evan and I both actually like the free form conversation more than the topical ones because we always end up coming up with a topic. But, uh, I think what has been kind of interesting about this podcast is really just starting from where you're at, uh, both of us. And then, you know, we figure out what we're going to kind of uncover. And it, and I find I like that because things just naturally kind of come about. And, uh, the thing I don't like as much about the topical one, although sometimes it's nice to know what you're going into is that sometimes I feel like we got to We're trying to push an agenda more with the topical one. Whereas with this, um, I think we we're forced to bring more of our own lives to it. And through that, we end up basically, you know, we basically end up kind of stumbling across something as opposed to, you know, just kind of feeling like we know where we're going. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think that that's actually a huge part of, of having, uh, a legitimate discovery of something. Yeah. Um, is, and, and I think that's actually a huge part of authentic creativity is that unknown sense of, of things, because like, if you planned everything out, it's like, this is what I'm going to say. Like, you, you know, there can be, um, there can certainly be a merit to that. Um, but in many ways, like when you're exploring the creative process and trying to discuss it and, and, and wrap your head around it and whatever, it's like, you kind of almost need to follow the same process, which is like, you just kind of have to stumble upon it. Yeah. Cause you're like, I, I don't know. We're trying to figure more shit out about how this whole thing works, how this whole thing goes. Yeah. And, uh, and so you can't necessarily just use what you already know necessarily. Like certainly we use what we know as like to kind of inform us, maybe give us some, some direction. But if you get too close, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to talk about this and this is the point I'm going to make. And this is the point I'm going to make. This is the point I'm going to make. Then you've kind of cut yourself off from, allowing anything to happen. Just like if you get, you know, too rigid in, you know, like for, for actors, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. And then at this moment, I'm going to say this line like this. And and at this moment I'm going to switch and I'm going to have this tactic or this intention, you know, you plan it out too much. And next thing you know, it's like, it kind of becomes, uh, there's something is lost in the whole mix because you got one person just kind of doing their own thing (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah. and sometimes you see a couple of actors up there just doing their own thing. You know, what the fuck's even happening right now? Or you see one person up there doing their own thing and the other person just desperately wishing the other person would genuinely respond to yeah, them. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also, you know, it's, uh, with the nature of this kind of podcast too, is like, we, you know, we started it as just kind of having discussions and, um, you know, just go back to the roots. I mean, it was, we were working on a script and then we'd have a beer and we, we, before we started the script, we'd spend the first 30 minutes, which later turned into an hour of just kind of catching up and talking about what we're going on, what's going on in each other's lives. 
And through that, we come up with some pretty interesting discoveries just about, you know, having someone to kind of talk about your art and what's important to you. And I think, um, you know, as we started to do the podcast, we started to think, well, maybe we should be figuring out topics and whatnot yeah. that people want. And I think that um, with the nature of this, these types of conversations, it's not so much about trying to hit on what we think other people want, but whatever we're going through, someone else is probably going through. Mm-hmm. And I think we've, we, you know, we've gotten that from like audience feedback, like people messaging and saying like, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And it's like, you know, and those are usually, I think probably on, you know, not so serious Sundays where they're like, uh, or well, not so serious Mondays, today, yeah. but anyway, it doesn't matter. Just the, the general not so serious conversations that we have. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's, and then it, it also, uh, what I like about it is it kind of, we come into it with a bit of a discovery as opposed to, yeah. you know, there's, it, I definitely like say that I don't come in like knowing, but there's certain times where I'll come into a podcast episode and like, I know this and I'm going to talk about what I know, you yeah. know? And, uh, I, I like, those are fine, but I mean, I like the ones where it's kind of like, we're uncovering stuff as we have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's part of why we have these conversations, why, why we started doing it was out of a sense of discovery. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah. Like we're, because we were having these conversations before we turned on the mic essentially. And we were having these kind of realizations and discoveries for ourselves just by being able to kind of talk these things out loud and, and being able to bounce, you know, these thoughts and, and whatever, and just, and, and some stuff that you've kind of maybe come across, but you're not entirely sure if you've wrapped your head around it, but Mm -hmm. kind of just like, you know, you get to exercise it a little bit and then discover some things. And even, you know, when we do have topics on the show, we come in with it and yeah, we've maybe got a couple of ideas coming into it, but you know, we, you know, these podcasts are usually about 90 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And you know, if we had just, I think, relied solely on what our talking points were, yeah, you know, like we would, we would be, and maybe people would like that. It's like, yeah, it'd be over quicker. Um, <laughs> but we would, we would run the uh, true fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we would just kind of like, Oh, okay. All right. Well then I guess that's it. Right. To me, the, the thing that I enjoy about, about this is like, okay, yeah. You know, we kind of maybe go through some of the things that we thought we might cover, right? Some ideas that we had, some things that we've, some of the wisdoms that I feel like we've actually started to like understand through the course of not just our, uh, our careers as artists, but through this podcast, having done 163 episodes now and have, having talked to lots of different artists and had these conversations with others and just being like, Oh, okay. We kind of keep circling around and a lot of some of these familiar things, right. And, or a lot of these conversations kind of end up coming back to a couple of these things. So you start to understand it a little bit more, but through kind of, it's like, okay, well, this is kind of what I know, but let's continue to see where it goes because they usually just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. You start Mm -hmm. to uncover something a little more about it. You know, you, there's, there's, you flesh something out, you understand it a little bit more, you make it a little bit more real, you know, yeah. like you just, you find more ways to just kind of accept these things as being true. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think also like, uh, I mean, with this podcast, I mean, it's so much about process and, and about balance and, yeah. and finding that, you know, finding that sense of yourself in even being an artist. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because I don't necessarily know if 
there's a really like massive demand out there for people looking for, you know, essentially like, you know, just being an artist and working through their process. I don't know if that's actually like if people are out there doing that, I don't know if they know they're out there doing that because I think what happens is this is the thing that I've been realizing more and more is that, um, people are out there looking for something and they want, they tend to want, and this goes across all things. Like it doesn't matter what you're helping somebody with, like, um, or sharing wisdoms about. Usually people want help with one single little thing. Like mm-hmm. I want to book more parts as an actor. I want to, uh, I want to make a movie. I want to write a script. I want to learn how to paint. You know, um, people want these kind of specific things. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, and I think that what happens is that as you start to learn that stuff, the artist process, the artist balance starts to come up. And then this is where, when you'd start to seek out these types of conversations, because you'd start to go, is there anybody else that out there who's going through what I'm going through? And then this becomes kind of a nice, you know, net for that. It comes like a nice kind of thing where you can go, yeah. okay, there's some guys out there, some people, there's other artists we get on the show and we're all going through the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And this is how you guys dealt with it. Great. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because we never knew what this podcast would be when we started either. Like mm-hmm. we never came into this going like, this is going to be the next big thing and blah, blah, blah. And this is what we're going to do. I mean, in certain yeah. ways, I don't even know if we knew the real value proposition we were even offering other than, you know, these conversations were good for us and let's record them and maybe someone else will like them. And it seems there's a lot of people who do. Um, but you know, it's one of those things. And, um, our conversation today was really interesting just before this started talking about the potential of, um, rebranding this, uh, this podcast or starting a whole new podcast altogether. Um, maybe keeping this as kind of just a conversations type of thing and then doing something that's more, yeah. it was interesting because it brought up a lot of stuff just, you know, thinking about all of this, right? Yeah. Because in many ways, like after all these episodes, we've kind of you know, from where we, we started to where we are now, it's like, you know, I feel like we've kind of gotten, gotten, a, you know, it's, it's taken a while to actually get a grasp of what this is really, really all about. Mm-hmm. And so our conversation today was kind of was like, okay, so it's like, you know, where we started from, you know, the B&E podcast where artistry made industry, uh, is, is this, is that sort of still what this, this con like this podcast is about like mm-hmm. is there like or are we you know because like we're we're trying to find a way like because we're having that conversation and sometimes you need to have these conversations just in terms of like what like well what what do we want to do like do like do we just want to keep on you know be any podcast and we're just doing this for fun and and we're you know because like that's that's really like where it all started and and it still is that for us but then there's also, it's like, well, or do we want to go further with this? You know, yeah. like, do we want to push us? Do we want to get this out there in front of more people? And if we want to do that, do we need to make some changes? Right. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that, yeah, like gets your, get like some of your, your stuff comes up because you're like, oh, but we put all of this, you know, into it at this point, you know, like we've done 163 episodes as the B and E podcast. And it's like, can we, can we do that? Can we change that? Is, is it necessary? Is, you know, there's all these things that come into place when, when kind of the unknown is presented to you. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, as I guess we've been talking at the start of this, it's like when you enter into the unknown, that's when you start to have discoveries, right? Like when like real bona fide discoveries, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing is like, you can't, 
it's not a discovery unless it's kind of by accident. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't happen that way. It's not a discovery if it was really intentional. Like, you can intend to have a discovery, but you can't, like, you can't predetermine what that discovery is going to be. Right. Because then it's not a discovery. <laughs> it's already been discovered. <laughs> I mean, I think there's this, this great, like, you know, this, this thing is where we want to start something and feel like we know what we're doing and to just start off on the right foot and feel we've done, you know, uh, you know, and, and not make mistakes. And I think everybody wants to do that. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest thing is that sometimes you just got to go, you got to try something, you, you know, you maybe do it all wrong or a good portion of it wrong, or maybe just a little bit wrong. And, and when I say wrong, I just mean in the sense that you got something you could learn about how to do it better. Yeah. I mean, for example, and you know, I'm not promoting any of these companies. I'm just telling you about my experience of it, but, um, you know, uh, learning how to teach online and create an international audience, what's I've done to a small degree and it's continually growing now. But, um, you know, I started using a, a web platform, which was Wix.com, you know, Wix oh, yeah. had all these commercials, make your own website, whatever. I don't even, I think I actually was onto Wix before the commercials really became mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I went and I built my website and all of that. And I, I spent like tons of hours, tens, hundreds of hours, probably, you know, learning how to do this and put some great stuff together and it worked for a while. Um, but as I went through the process, I started another business school and, and I later found out and they actually teach you how to like put an online class together. And their big thing was, well, use WordPress. And I looked at the WordPress model. I remember at the time being, this sucks compared to Wix. Like Wix is so much more accessible. But the interesting thing was, as I've gone through this whole thing, I've realized that if you want to start an online school or an online business, really WordPress is the way to go so far in my experience. Yeah. Very different models work entirely different. And so now as I'm, you know, I'm going about building new things online, I'm like, well, I wish I used WordPress from the beginning because <laughs> then I wouldn't have to go and transfer all my work over. Yeah. And by, by no means am I slamming Wix because Wix has its own advantages. But for what I'm trying to do, um, you know, it really didn't serve my model as well. And, and WordPress, um, the, the thing I like about WordPress and whatever, anyone who's out there thinking about doing this, you know, I could, you know contact me, I'll teach you some things. But one thing as I like about it is the blog, you know, the blog element, mm-hmm. the fact that you can kind of do that so automatically, so seamlessly, it's got the whole writing platform on there. Um, the way that the templates are very simple and structured. So, you know, if you don't really know what you're doing, you kind of can't really screw them up too much. Whereas yeah. like Wix, if you don't know what you're doing, you can really kind of mess yourself up. But if yeah. you do know what you're doing, you might be able to create something unique, but then there's more variables. There's more things that can go wrong. Yeah. So there's a lot of times I remember we had students and we had, I mean, I don't know, 20, 30 students doing a course online and the Wix platform. And they're like, something's wrong with the website, you know, this, and it looked fine on the template builder, but then what, for whatever reason it didn't work on, yeah. there's too many variables. And so then we got to go in, we got to fix it. And we're like, Oh, what a headache. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm looking at my business coach. He's using WordPress or whatever. And his is very simple, but like everything works, everything's consistent. Click the button, move the thing. Very simple, <laughs> you know, and he showed us, he went through it all and showed us how simple it is. And I remember at first judging that because going, Oh, that's, I, I can do way more things than, than everyone else in school because I have the platform that's different. Yeah. But then later I realized simplicity was my best friend and it, and it continues to be moving forward. Mm. And so, you know, um, one thing that I, and this goes across the board for everything, not just websites, but the more simple and automated you can make something, the less time you got to fiddle around 
And the more you can focus on what actually matters, the better, you know, because real, really like, um, I think that we can be impressed with say a pretty website or a pretty headshot or a pretty whatever. But the thing is, is that what we really want is we just want the job done and we want it well and we want it the most effective want it to work. Be. Want it to work. Yeah. But I mean, I think all the aesthetic stuff and all the, all the little things are nice bonuses, but really they don't matter unless the other stuff works. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, um, it's all the underpinnings. Right? Yeah. So in a lot of ways I go, you know, I look at it now, I go, well, I just want, I just want simple. Cause I want to, I want to get the good value out there in the, in the simplest, easy way possible. And that was actually part of what brought up the conversation, you know, is like, are we delivering, uh, and promoting and say marketing this podcast in the simplest way, or are we yeah. doing it in a, in a way there's too many moving parts, too complicated and say someone can't really grasp what it is immediately. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not good. You know, I want to share one other thing just to uh, yeah, further yeah. my example. So, um, BC Film Academy is, is my, you know, is my new, uh, business and it's been, you know, we're, we're growing, we're doing this big launch, all this stuff's coming together. It's been really wonderful. Um, through that, one of our courses is going to be called fast filmmaking, fast filmmaking. I talked about it before, but it's based on my process of becoming a filmmaker, which is don't make excuses, make films basically, you know, yeah. it might even be my tagline. I don't know, but basically that's because people kept asking me, well, how did you do it? I said, well, I just literally picked up a camera, got some people, filmed some stuff, wrote a story and made it. And yeah, you know, I was lucky first time out of the gate for it to kind of work. I think I worked because it was authentic, but the bottom line is that's how I started making films. And the thing is, is once you make one film, you start to get how it works. If you read it out of a book, you don't really understand. Yeah. So fast filmmaking is all about, let's get you today. You show up day one in class. We're going to pick up a camera and I'm going to, we're going to start making a movie right now. You know, I don't have a script. doesn't matter. Here's your script. I'll give you the script. doesn't matter. Let's film that. Right. So the thing yeah. is I want to cut out as many excuses as many things that happen. So then, so I told you, you know, entrepreneurial building businesses is kind of a thing. That's a real passion of mine now. So with, um, BC Film Academy, I'm literally building another business out of that actually called Fast Filmmaking. The, the website is, uh, you know, being launched here pretty soon. It's actually technically already up, but yeah. whatever, you know, the whole thing is, uh, you know, the whole thing's come together. Yeah. Whatever. Don't judge it. If you look at it, you, you heard it first in the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so whatever this thing's, you know, we got, we got the thing going and, and basically all my business savvy that I've learned, this is a very streamlined website. It gives you exactly what you need. Exactly. Boom, boom, boom. You go through, you can join fast filmmaking and get involved in a community that's focused on fast filmmaking and people who are literally dealing with the problems and scenarios that come up like live with what happens in making a film. Yeah. And through that, that business becomes an affiliate with Bucia Film Academy. Same with my other course, you know, some other courses I have, they're, they're becoming affiliate businesses. So then what happens is, is BC Film Academy, which is the ultimate hub, like that's where everybody should join. These specific businesses will attract certain type of clientele and help essentially build a network of a community. But you know, is I going to know how to do that day one? And also if I'm running multiple businesses, I can't have moving parts everywhere. I need to have everything be as simple and straightforward and interconnected as possible because I, you know, I want to be down on the beach helping people make films somewhere else in the world. And I don't want to have to be like, Oh, you have to log onto your computer and fix some tech issue. Yeah. I don't want that. I want it to work. I want all you need is you need the connection Mm -hmm. of the information. That's it. And like, you know, so this is, you know, this is just the school of life. You know, you go through that, you learn. So I want to use that as kind of an example because, you know, when we started the podcast, I think like, you know, uh, 
we didn't necessarily know what we're doing. And now we're at a place where, you know, I feel like we've gotten, we've attracted a lot of great people. We've learned a lot and we're beginning to know more about how to do things effectively. And the question now becomes, do we restart? Do we rebrand? Do we use what we already have, but do it in a different way? Yeah. And it's exciting, but it, it means yeah. change. And it also means a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah. You know. and, and change is one of those things, you know, you just like changes is, is what happens? Yeah. You know, like, uh, what the hell was I just watching? Um, oh, you know, I've been watching, uh, uh, this documentary about George Harrison. Okay. The, uh, the, the Beatles, right? Oh, okay. It's yeah. terrific. I think Scorsese actually directed it. Oh, wow. And, uh, it's long. I've still not even done it. It's like three and a half hours, but it's terrific. Um, and there's just, and like, there's this George Harrison was saying at one point, he's like, He's like, well, he's like, this reality is, is all about change. Like every, like everything here is about change. Like it's like, no, no matter what, like everything's like, like, it's always about like just improving. Like we're all like, things are changing and we improve. Like that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. Right. Right. And, um, and, but we're so resistant to change, which is so interesting. Right. Because it's like, yeah, like you could definitely make an argument. It's like, yeah, like life is pretty much about change. And, and you definitely see lots of, uh, people who kind of learn to accept that things are just moving and, and growing along. They're the ones that have longevity. Yeah. Um, and the ones who resist it are the ones who end up kind of left, <laughs> left, I don't know, not in the dust, but somewhere else. Right. And, uh, and it, it's an important thing for, for people to start, especially like if you're a creative, you know, it's like, yeah, like things are moving, things are changing. Um, and when you're in creativity, like it changes one of those things that like, as far as like you're concerned, it's it's kind of not being afraid of, I guess, taking, taking a step back and being willing to kind of throw out what you've done Hmm. because there is, something has changed. Yeah. You know, and that change is actually going to make what you're doing better. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like, it's just like, Oh, but I did all this. It's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't, I don't know why we get so like, yeah, it's, it's this weird kind of uh, mind fuck that we, that we play with ourselves, you know, like we play with ourselves. (laughs) Um, well, I, we do. Yeah. But you know what? Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting, right? Cause like, uh, you know, um, businesses, right? Like entrepreneurship has been really interesting for me because particularly I think because I've been a lifelong artist. And so I take a lot of my art experiences and wisdom into business, which I think makes me an interesting kind of entrepreneur because truly artists are all little micro entrepreneurs. Like, in fact, if you're an artist, you kind of love entrepreneurship. You just don't know it yet, really. And what I'm just learning to do is just kind of embrace it. But like, you know, um, when I started my, my school, I had the worst name for, to name my school. I called it cooked up, cooked up motion pictures, cooked up movies, kind of amalgamated into, but cooked up motion pictures. The thing was, is like cook is my last name. Yeah. Uh, cooked up kind of seemed like a cool way to do it. I, you know, whatever. I had a little production company where we, you know, we were doing a series of movies under cooked up. Um, and it wasn't about marketing. It was just a name for me to have as a business to kind of, you know, uh, 
facilitate filmmaking. And so then when I started the school, I was like, well, I'll just put it under a business I already have established, whatever. And, but you know, essentially right now, I'm not, I haven't necessarily closed the business. It's still an active business. But the thing is, is that I'm essentially closing it because in, at this point, other than maybe, uh, you know, running as an umbrella company and running movies under it, it doesn't do anything for me. So, you know, BC Film Academy, which is my new business, and, and also Fast Filmmaking, which is a business, and then there's a couple other uh, film-related type of businesses that are beginning. And there's a reason why I'm, I'm actually doing multiple businesses, which I'll explain another day. But my point is, is that an old one had to die, so a new one could be born. Yeah. And, and, and you take the lessons you learn from the old one and right. the new one. Yeah. And it's so much has been done under that business. You know, it has this whole track record of years and years of work. Right. But the thing is, is like, you know, it also has my last name attached to it. So there's all sorts of little yeah. like discomforts of <laughs> little things it go. that you get attached to. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't matter. That business taught me to do what I need to do today. And what I'm doing today is far better. And, and also um, by letting go of the old business, I become unhinged by its restrictions. Yeah. Because also when I started that business, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways I was bound to certain things and, uh, you know, in some ways ending something and, and starting anew, or even, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of getting into and my mentors have been pushing me towards is building businesses you can sell. And what you do is in some ways you build a business that, you know, you know will work, but you don't necessarily have the passion to run that particular business, but you know just what it needs to be done to set up. So mm. you set it up for someone else to run because I'm the creative one that's good at building the business, but you know, at some point I'm going to be like, well, I'm not running every business in the world. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm only going to really run one or two or three. Um, everything else is going to be, you know, essentially I might be on the board or I might do whatever, but this is so exciting. But the thing is, it's like entrepreneurship. The big thing that I'm learning about that is when you can let go of your baby, like when you're going to let it go and let someone else, you know, take it and run with it because, you know, and, and, and uh, Frank Kern, who we refer to a lot, you know, mm -hmm. he, that's what he did in a lot of ways. You know, he built things, he built assets or businesses in certain ways that were about stuff that was totally unrelated to what he cared about the most. Yeah. And, um, you know, I read a book, uh, recently it was called, uh, oh, was like how to make, how to make $3 million in three years or something like that. And this book was great. I don't, it's something like that. It's called speed wealth. That's what it is. Okay. Guy talks about how he made a whole life out of selling businesses. And I thought, you know, um, and he refers to another book, which I'll just share with people cause I think it's valid, but it's called the e-myth. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, after I've been kind of taking in this information, it's gotten me to kind of go, wow, like there's so much stuff I didn't learn in school. <laughs> yeah. You know? And like, the other thing is it's like, why would I stick with an old model if I found a new model that actually is way more effective than whatever I thought I was working with? And, um, you know, and, and I think sometimes too, you know, just to, to speak on this last note, rebranding is sometimes the best thing you can do because, you know, we got the B&E podcast. We got like, you know, we, we got a certain amount of followers. We got, you know, whatever right now, I think it's like 6,000, 7,000 people following us. That's a good portion of people. But if we rebrand and we say, Hey, everybody who's kind of following this, by the way, we, you know, we decided that we wanted to, you know, uh, we've learned a lot. It's been a year, blah, 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 blah. Here's what we're going to do now. This is what we're calling everything. Come join us over here. Those people are still going to come. It's like, 
they're following where we go. They're, they're already evangelists in that respect. So we don't necessarily need to, you know, yeah. but, but for the new people, we may need to rename or rebrand or whatever. And that can be, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it all depending on, on what it is that you want to do mm-hmm. with well, what you do. I mean, that's a huge component to all of it, right? Well, the same thing goes. I mean, I don't mind if we keep this podcast going and it's just us talking or if we maybe do this once a week and we do our other one another part of the week or what we do or we don't do anything at all. But it's great to have the, the discussion and start to look at options and start to see what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, um, it's so easy to get stuck and stagnant in what you've already done, especially when you put a lot of time and effort into something. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big thing is like, I mean, you've got to re- like really check in with it's like, well, what do you want? Like, what do you want to do now? Like, what do you want to start making what you want to start creating in your life now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you can get so caught up in the stuff that you did before. It's like the stuff you did before doesn't matter. It's yeah. done. It doesn't exist anymore. in in, in a lot of regards, you know, it's just like, you're not, that's not what you, what you did before is not what you were doing now. Right. So it's like, so what do you want to do? And, and when it kind of helps you to kind of cut through that shit and start to go, oh, okay, well, I guess I want this this is what I want to do. This is a direction I want to go. And so it's like, okay, so does that stuff you did before, is that helping you? Right. And if it's not helping you, then what can you do about it? Is there some stuff that's good? Is there some stuff that isn't so good? Right? Like, and, and then you start to find a way forward and you can start to adapt and make make improvements and Mm -hmm. and create the change, right. And actually become part of the flow of the change as opposed to letting, as opposed to just change happening to you in which you become just reactionary. Right. And sometimes it's about, it's about making a change before you have to make a change. Like you're saying, like, it's just about kind of looking into the future and going, okay, well, you know, um, I want to go over this way and where I'm going right now isn't necessarily bringing me there. I think the other side of it too, and I'm sure other artists can relate to this. If you really love what you do, you'll do it for free anyway. You'll do it and you know, you'll do it without uh, ever getting like monetized for it or ever really even getting anything back from it other than the enjoyment of doing it. Mm. And I think that's the, that's the greatest, you know, the greatest flaw for, you know, these, um, for artists is like basically, um, you know, artists are, are constantly doing things because they like doing them. Yeah. And if they, if they're just doing them cause they like doing them, they sometimes don't think about how they might get paid or how they might make money. Like I think about this and I go, well, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could, um, you know, and people keep telling us, you guys should be making money with this podcast. You guys should be doing this and that. And like you and I, I mean, we'll just keep getting together and we don't really care so much, but it's like, okay, well, you know, if we were making money, like we might be like, okay, well let's put it into some more gear. Let's put it into some stuff. We can up the podcast. We can, you know, um, we can spend more time podcasting if people really like it. I mean, like when we were releasing three episodes a week, we were getting just as many listens, you know, people just love the content, you know? And, and so, you know, really you start thinking, okay, well, are we doing like, we're doing this, but are we doing it as smart? as we could be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and are we, are we also making it so that, you know, cause I think too, like we put ourselves in this position, whether we meant to or not. Um, and I think we kind of stumbled here, but we put ourselves into a position where a lot of people look to us 
for certain advice and certain guidance. And it's important that you and I also keep pushing ourselves so that we can be those role models for, for other people too. And, you know, um, I've had people, you know, approach me about wanting to start their podcast and ask me some questions and do some yeah. things. And here's some things I learned. And so, um, you know, you can only take people as far as you're willing to go yourself to some degree, right? I yeah. think otherwise you're just someone who talks theory. And so, you know, I would love to, um, even if we just did it to, to see how it was done and then stopped, but to make a podcast that makes money, you know, that profits quite highly, you know, at this point, we're kind of doing it more, uh, just for the, the sheer enjoyment of connecting and bringing out these topics. Cause we want to talk about them, but you know, uh, it's just, it's an interesting thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and I think there's also this, there's, you know, there's so much stuff about money in our culture where it's like, oh, if you do it for money, it's like not good anymore. It's like, well, that just, that's not true. I mean, you know, I look at it and I'm like, well, if you want to say write scripts or make movies or paint paintings or take pictures or make music, if you can get paid to do that, wouldn't you just make more music and write, you know, write more scripts and paint more pictures? I mean, yeah. I would. So, you know, so really the money just becomes a, a fuel to help you kind of keep doing more of what you want. Yeah. So like, you know, um, and I think all artists can kind of get behind that idea and it's just, it's, a, it's changing our thinking, changing our practices, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and just not, not getting stuck in the way we've always done things, particularly as artists, because, you know, it's art is such an evolving medium too. It's not like, uh, it, 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 what was, what worked before, it doesn't necessarily work today and, and so on. So you got to adapt and evolve with it. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know, man. It's, it's an interesting, it's just an interesting conversation that we've been having since we connected today. And I know people missed a lot of the beginning of, uh, before the podcast was recorded, but it's interesting to talk about change because I definitely find that most of my life, I, you know, I've definitely resisted change and I find when I just embrace it, wonderful things usually happen. Yeah. Even if it's little changes, but sometimes it's not even not much needs to change. It's just that I'm open for something to happen. And so that creates the opportunity that I wasn't able to see when I was closed off. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How are you liking the beer? Yeah. I'm liking it. It's yeah. going down real easy. Yeah. You seem to uh, like that for a sip. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like a nice ha- like half of ice in some kind, I would say. <laughs> yeah. A half or like, perhaps they would call it a white ale or something. Um, but yeah, it's super tasty. No complaints from me. <laughs> this is a Ferning Brewery. Brewing. Ferning Brewery. Ferny Brewery. <laughs> Ferning Brewery. Ferny Brewing Company. So it's a wheat beer, wheat beer, whatever. Uh, it's called Slow Drift. Slow Drift. You know, I've seen that one before. Yeah. And I almost got it, I think, one time. I don't yeah. Think I, did. I don't think we've had this one on. They got the little it's people great. on a boat fishing, you know. I like that name, Slow Drift. Yeah, Slow Drift. Yeah. Oh, it just seemed nice, you know. Why not? Yeah. And, like, we were kind of at the end of the season for, like, yes. wit beers, I feel, as well. Yeah, we're, we're not going to start... probably have as many for a while in the podcast. Yeah, so. it's going to start turning into like darker beers and yeah. spiced beers. <laughs> There's like already like all the pumpkin spiced beers are out there, which I've never been super crazy about. I had myself, one the other day, not a fan. <laughs> I find it's like one of those, like their Some pumpkin spiced beers are, are kind of like, um, I don't know, like it's, 
they're kind of like sours, yeah. you know, and like, it's like, it's either really terrific, you know, like quite enjoyable or it's like, this is horrendous. Like yeah. I'm either pouring this out or I'm just going to like suffer through to some, the bottom of the glass. Some people love those pumpkin flavored coffees, beers, whatever it is. They just love it. And I think for them, um, you know, it almost is like they're just different versions of something they love. And I think yeah. when it's not your, it's not your, you know, your thing, it's kind of like you, you, it's, it's hard to get into, you know what I mean? And yeah. like, for me, I, I've never really been a big fan of like the pumpkin spice type of situation with literally yeah. anything. Not, not even like pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is maybe the one exception. All right. right. I mean, pumpkin seeds, maybe, but those don't right. really count. Cause I'm, otherwise I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I trust somebody who doesn't, uh, <laughs> doesn't like pumpkin pie. Oh, how you go wrong with pumpkin pie? I mean, the thing is I'm talking about pump, like when you flavor anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when everything, when everything, when anything's flavored, it's like, I mean, all like it's, you know, especially when it's cheap, Yeah. you know, like a lot of times it's really cheaply done, Yeah. you know, especially I had a coffee the other day from unnamed coffee source and, uh, they put so much of that pumpkin sauce stuff into the coffee that it was just like, (laughs) like, I mean, I, I could drink like two sips and I'm like, pumpkin sauce, put some pumpkin pumpkin sauce in there. Well, it's literally usually what it is. Like a, like they like just pump like this, like some syrup into it. And she's like, there you go. Yeah. Um, well, I like, you know, I like hazelnut flavored stuff, you know, but I don't, you know, whatever. But anyway, the reason why I had that, we had it was actually my friend picked up coffees and they made too many and they made one with pumpkin and they're like, you want it? And they were like, okay, we'll try it. And like both of us could only do a few sips and we were like, nah, too much. Yeah. Too much. But you know, Hey, I mean, if whatever people like what they like, um, I always, I always do enjoy summer though, wheat beer and, and all yeah. that, you know, Hefeweizens, all these white ales, they're, they're nice. They're, yeah. Yeah. But you know, the season is ending and, and we will do new, Tempted. new beer. The season is changing, so we will change <laughs> with we it. we will change with and it. And we yeah. will enjoy what the changes bring with it, right? Yeah. So, um. One yeah. last thing with, uh, you know, as we let go of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, so we've been talking a lot about change. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about kind of evolving and being open. Um, you know, discovery. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you've been discovering a lot. I mean, you, you kind of just started your music thing. You know, you've been, you've been recording songs, which you weren't doing before you were only talking about. And finally you took that leap. You're, you're, you know, you're out there actively, you know, putting your business together. You know, you're, you're figuring out how to, how to situate yeah. your website and all of that. I mean, this must well, be really exciting for you. Oh, it's all new, right? Oh well, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I guess it kind of fits in with that too, because like I realized I needed to sort of change, um, how I was communicating to people. It wasn't necessarily what I was doing. It was because what I was doing, the people who had experienced it, um, as far as teaching, uh, people had a fantastic, enthusiastic response to it. Like people were really pumped on it. And the problem is, is that like on, on like the sort of the business side of it, people weren't looking for what I was doing. Right. Um, and so that well, was explain to people why that was happening. Cause I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing, right? Cause you essentially are teaching a course that was born out of Meisner, which is moment to moment act. Yeah. It's like, it's, uh, people it's, aren't searching a, for the, say the term Meisner. Yeah. That was exactly what it was. You know, I have a friend who does all that search engine stuff and he was helping me out with it and, and creating all of it. And he's just like, nobody's looking for it. Like right. nobody's searching it. Like it's, 
it's just not not happening. So I thought, okay, well, this is, you know, like, and it threw me a little bit. Um, but it ended up be, becoming, um, it was weird because it didn't really deter me. I'm like, okay, so nobody's really looking for it. And I can't even tell you exactly what the process was around it, but then I just started to, like, I, I, I just kind of accepted that nobody was looking for it. It's been okay, but... I, I believe in this thing that I'm doing. I believe in this, like, in the message that I'm trying to communicate. And, and then it just really put me back to, okay, well, so, so what do I want to do? Like, what do I actually really want to do with actors? And then I realized that Meisner is, like, was just, it, it's, it's just a vehicle. Like, there's lots of different vehicles that you can use. It's just the one that I know, and, and I know its effectiveness. Right. And how to make it effective. Uh, and it was really for something else that was, that was far more compelling to me. Which just, so, the sort of, the, the changes that I've had to make in terms of how I'm communicating it, but also, um... Yeah, really, it's actually mostly in communication, not just to people who, who've never heard of me or, you know, my school or anything, but um, in terms of how I'm communicating what I do to people that I am meeting right. and how I'm communicating to people who I am teaching because I'm like, oh, I realize that this is actually what I'm doing, so this is the thing that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And Meisner is actually just like, it, it's, it's not even important. It's not even an important distinction in the whole thing. Right. It's just like, this is what the conversation is. This is the dialogue that we're having. Um, and this is the direction we're going. This is just whatever. Mm. Like I said, it's the vehicle in which that in, in which we're using to help you do this. Right. Right. Um, so that's really cool. Like, it was one of those things. And, and yeah, it was like, I was discouraged for a little bit. I remember feeling, like, discouraged for a little while. But then, like, just there was the dis having the discovery of, like, oh, my God, this is actually what I'm really doing. This is actually what I really want to do. I don't, well, I don't want to teach people Meisner. Yeah. <laughs> in a weird way, that was a cool discovery to right. be, like, you know, I went, I trained in this. I'm, like, I believe in this technique. And, you know, like, it's... It's uh, this extraordinary thing, and I and I trained to teach this technique, and then realizing I'm like, oh, I actually don't want to teach the technique. <laughs> like that's kind of, and then the discovery, the realization that's like that's actually has very little to do with what I want to want to teach. You know, it's it's something completely different. And had I not run into sort of that sort of adversity. You know, I wouldn't have maybe had that discovery. Right. Wouldn't have, you know, it, yeah, it just helps to kind of dive down a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper. It's like, I thought I was doing this, but actually this is what I'm doing. That's, that's an awesome thing. That's totally part of the, like, that's totally the creative process. Right. You know, it's like you go in with an idea. You're like, okay, this is what I got. This is what I got right now. This is the best that I've got. Yeah. Right now. And you go... Oh, oh, okay, all right, well, that worked all right, I didn't foresee this, <laughs> and this was unexpected too, <laughs> and this kind of didn't work, cool, right, and then you just like, and then it's like, okay, so now what do I want to do, 
and then you just keep on getting kind of like more home. And that's where you really start to find, I think your kind of your fit, right. you know, like what you do, where your purpose is, where's and it, and it requires that, you know, kind of being like tested and, and running into these things. Right. And it sounds horrible, but again, when you don't resist this stuff, when it happens, it actually makes the process quite easy. Mm. I think, you know, it's like, but most of the time we're like, we're so busy resisting all of these changes, resisting these obstacles, quote unquote obstacles. The obstacles are actually guideposts. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, there's like, it's like, no, not quite that direction. You're heading a little bit more in this way and you go in that way. It's like, okay, but now you're, and like, you just get more and more and more focused. You just keep bringing, you just keep bringing your sort of your passion to it. You keep bringing your, your purpose and your drive to it and follow those signs, which present themselves sometimes as obstacles and, but they're just, they're really guiding you right into getting, getting focused. It's interesting. I was having a conversation with, uh, with a friend of mine, uh, just earlier today, I was talking to him a little bit about, um, uh, he was kind of going on this existential conversation <laughs> at this point. It's just like, it's like, he's like, I don't know. It's, it's like probably just all chaos and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, is it, <laughs> is it all just chaos? Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's a, and, and I was thinking a little bit of, you know, like our last podcast or two that, that we had done. Uh, it's like, you know, I'm like, creativity is a little blend of, of chaos and focus. Mm. You need like when both of them are working together, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's, it's good. Like there's so much happening. It's like, Whoa, what's going to happen? But it's always being directed somewhere. Right. And you have that sense like, okay, this is going somewhere. It yeah. seems nuts. Yeah but it is going somewhere, you know, and like you start to see a harmony to, to what's, what's happening. Right. And they're essential to each other because any, any creative endeavor, that's just like too, that's just all, all this focus. Right. It's just like, it's kind of uninteresting, mm. right. It's kind of predictable. You kind of know what's going to happen. And when it's all chaos, you're just like, what the, what the fuck am I even like, what is this even? I don't even right. understand. Is this good? This isn't going anywhere. This is just shit. Yeah. Everywhere. You know, it can be fascinating. The best that that can kind of become is it's like, it's an exercise, right? You know, but art needs that combination, real, like great creativity takes that combination of, of that chaos and that focus, the mess and the math, the mess and the math. Yeah. And it was interesting because he said to me, he's like, he's like, can I try and apply a metaphor to what you're saying? (laughs) And I said, please (laughs) do it. And I was just like, dude, this is so good. I'm going to like, I'm going to have to bring this up at some point. And I'm glad I had the opportunity today to do it. And he said, so what you're saying is that like creativity, what you've got to bring to it is like, you are the light, like you are the sun, you are the light. It's like, and then the math kind of the focus he's like, is like the magnifying glass Mm. and you focus that light into it. It's like, but you got to bring that light first. Right. You know, that's kind of like whoa, that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I like that incredible energy. And it's like, and now it's just about focusing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's so true. I mean, that's, that's really it because if you can, you can have this perfect magnifying glass, but if you don't have the light, it doesn't matter because you have no energy to focus into something. No great fucking burning desire or whatever. Yeah. If you're all light and no magnifying glass, then you're just spread too thin. You're just spread everywhere and there's nothing. Yeah. 
really clear. It's too general. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. Like, and even uh, then you've got to learn how to work that magnet. You don't just hold the magnifying glass up to the sun and suddenly you've got like the perfect, like right. burning little point. You're like, you've got to finagle it. Right. You know? You've yeah, got you to like adjust it. it. It's this like, okay, great. there's the spot. There it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what we're talking about. It's like, it's like, that's the change. You've got to adjust. You've got to respond, mm. you know? So much of art is responding to acting is such a great thing for that because like you are, you're directly responding to what's happening and you're not authentically responding to what's going on, then it's bullshit and the whole thing falls apart. Um, music, same thing too. If you're not really responding to what like your bandmates are playing or, or with, you know, if you're coming in with like some crazy solo or something on top of like, what's a soft ballad. You're just like, what the fuck is even happening here? Are you even listening? Are you paying attention to what's going on? <laughs> it's like, no, you're not right. Yeah. Like it's, it's so much of it is responding, adjusting, you know, and, and within any creative endeavor. And yeah, it's like, you can't expect to just hold the magnifying glass up to the sun and, psh, but we, that's what, how we kind of think, right. You know, we think that we need to, it's like, no, like that first thing it's like, okay, you kind of get a sense of it, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to try to point it down over in this direction and try and harness it there. But no, you're probably still going to have a pretty wide spot that you've created, but it gets you, at least it gets you in the game, right? You know, like you're in the field and now the rest is just like, it's, you start fine details, Hmm. these little things to get to that point where you get the heat, where you get the energy and you make something happen. Right. That's great. I love it. I love analogies. You've, yeah. you, you called me out on that. It wasn't even, wasn't even my <laughs> analogy. So, uh, thanks to, uh, thanks to Josh for that one. That was great. Yeah. They're great though. They can make, they can get you to look at something and just see it in a way that you weren't able to see it before, which is why I like them so much. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about what you were saying about what you've learned about your business and the term Meisner and how that wasn't necessarily the right word for communicating or the right way to do it. Um, I was thinking about when I started my school and, um, you know, it, it was the business was called Cooked Up Motion Pictures, but I I actually later changed it to um, uh, you know I tried out this movie maker school, um, producer school. I tried out these terms, right? And what ended up happening was you know on the Google search and stuff and whatever, like I you know no one else was really using movie maker. There's a magazine called Movie Maker, which I love, which was, and I thought my 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 sense was that well we're not filmmakers as much anymore. We're movie makers now because we don't usually, we don't really use film. We use digital. So I thought, you know, but the thing is, is people aren't looking for movie maker. They're looking for filmmaker. They're looking for filmmaking, not movie making. Yeah. It's become a more overall thing. So you can create this term or you can try to create your own term. But the problem is, is like, you know, right now without having enough of a, of a following, without having enough people talk about movie maker, which the clients were doing, it's just not enough to grow it in that, in that easy, substantial way. So um, the other thing was uh, initially, um, and this was the thing about communicating what I'm doing and also being connected to what I'm doing. Um, people were like, wow, you teach people how to produce movies, like actually produce stuff and like, you know, to really get stuff made. And so then I, you know, our slogan for a bit was like, it's not film school, it's producer school. The problem was then, you know, producer school sounded pretty cool, but people don't want to produce. People want to make yeah. films. So they, in some ways, producing school, it was about actually getting your stuff made. But the thing is, is like people are searching film school. They're, they're looking for that. And so the other thing too, was as I got my business partner, Colin, and we started working together, 
you know, and, and Gabe, who is also on here, they were pointing out, they're like, you know, school is like a negative term for people. People don't like school. They don't want to go to school. Yeah. And so, you know, we started looking at other options and then the academy came about, you know, and so it's like, no, this is an academy. This isn't about school. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're not, cause I don't want people thinking like, and if anyone knows anything about me, they know that I'm, I'm not going to teach you like traditional school because mm-hmm. I disagree with that model largely. Right. But an academy is, is a way in which people aren't facilitating, like connecting their mind to a painful experience. Cause yeah. I think a lot of people, especially artists went to school and it was a painful experience because they were told to conform. They were told to do certain things. They weren't told they could express or be creative. They were told to sit in line, do their work you know, whatever. And, and most of us, I think who are entrepreneurs and, and artists, we, we end up like a lot of people end up leaving and dropping out of school because, or even university, because we, you know, we get tired of rigid systems and we want to, you know, and a lot of us also want to work for ourselves. So school has another connotation with it, whereas you're going to get a job, you're going to work for someone else, film school, get a job for someone else who makes films. I want to be the guy that's like, no, I want to teach you to hire film school students. Not yeah. the guy who teaches you how to work for other people. And so for me, now with like BC Film Academy, Fast Filmmaking, all this stuff, my whole model is no, we're not producer school, we're not movie maker school, none of this shit. We are bootstrap, like bootstrap. It's like we're gonna make a film, we're gonna make the film, we're gonna do the thing, we're gonna get an action, you're gonna create. Um, I'm not gonna teach you like what people who have been working in this industry for 30, 40 years who are like, you know, Martin Scorsese or something, I'm going to teach you how to make your first film. I'm going to teach you how to make, you know, how to get distributed for a yeah. short film. I'm going to teach you how to do the things that, you know, are actually going to get you to make stuff. And yeah, is it not going to, it's not going to be glamorous in the beginning, but you're going to be making stuff. And what's going to happen is you're going to be the guy yeah. who's leading the stuff later or the woman. Yeah. Right. And so it, it took me time of, banging my head against the wall and trying all these things before I got to that place. And the other thing too is like this whole fast filmmaking, it's just one of many things that I'm, I'm helping people with, but fast filmmaking is really just based on, you know, as I said before, my, my model, which was don't make excuses, make films, right? Which is basically yeah. like the, I look around, I see people talking, well, I can't make my film. I don't have money. I don't have a camera. I don't have this. I don't have that. If you like, so my whole model is like, let's get rid of every one of those excuses. And then what? Are you going to make your film? And this is what happens. And I'll tell you this already. People just won't admit that they're scared. Mm. That's the only obstacle. The camera, the sound gear, the money are irrelevant. It all just comes down to fear. (laughs) So what does our school do? We go, let's fucking eliminate the fear. Now, none of these obstacles seem to exist. Hey, isn't that magical? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's interesting because like in a way it's like, yeah, you're, you're teaching people to do this, but you're also like the bigger thing that you're kind of putting through is that it's just like, it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to like teach you that there's nothing to fear. Exactly. You know, like I'm going to teach you just like, which just is really, yeah. You know, it's like, which is a huge, huge thing. Right. You well, know, as like, most people are scared because they don't have the means or they're scared of what people will think of their first film. Here's the thing. You got to be willing to make a piece of shit. If you want to be, <laughs> want to do anything. And I'm not saying it's going to be, I, you know, you know this, like, uh, you know, I've had clients come through and they've made films that have won countless awards on their first film. And you know, it's, it's, it's not that you will make shit, but you need to be willing to make shit because the thing is, is like, you're going to spend your whole life being scared. But you know, the other thing too, is you, in some ways 
you know, and this is, you know, for the people who are a little bit more experienced in the arts, they're going to be like, yeah, okay, I'm just scared. Like, I'm scared what my friends would think. I'm scared I'll embarrass myself. I'm scared that I'll go out there and it just won't work or whatever. And, and they're a little more honest, but most people, you can't just say to them, you're scared. Cause if you tell them that they're going to be like, no, I'm not, you know, they're, they're going to try to avoid it. Cause none of us want to admit we're scared. So in a lot of ways, um, by putting people in the field in certain ways before they're ready, they end up realizing, okay, well, this is what's coming up. And then we have strategies now to help them deal with exactly what's coming up. Yeah. And what's great is like, I just go through my process and go, well, what came up for me? What, what's come up for the countless, like literally hundreds of clients I've worked with now, what keeps coming up? Okay, great. Let's just create a, a modality, a, a system that is already there. When that comes up, we're already ready. It's already there. It's not like we're coming up with this on the spot. Most of the stuff is already taken care of. I mean, how much is that worth to you as a filmmaker to know that you got someone that's got your back the moment a problem comes up? Yeah. Cause that's all we're really scared about is like, I'm going to get out there and I'm not going to know what I'm doing. I'm going to mess it up or I'm going to make this mistake or blah, blah, blah. everyone's going to be looking at me yeah. and I'm going to be like, Oh, fuck all of you or right. something. You know? So I just get ahead of the, I just get hit of the problem. Now, you know, now you feel safe. I mean, basically once you, once you eliminate fear and you create safety, magic fucking happens. Cause you know, if we've talked about anything in this, in this whole uh, podcast is what we keep coming back to. And we've come to this many times is that if you feel safe as an artist, you're going to be feeling free to create. If you're worried and you're scared, you're not going to be creating. You're going to be thinking about how to survive and, and art and survival are, they don't go together. They just don't work. They're oil and water. You need to feel safe to create. That's really what needs to happen. So once you create safety, like then you, then you begin to really experience. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to have drive if you like, or have this burning desire to, to do something, but drive is a little bit different than actual creativity, right? Creativity and all, you know, you know, also creativity can die not under fear, but it can also die under comfort. So I need to push them enough out of comfort. So they're not comfortable and get them towards fear and then get them not to be scared when they're in fear. Yeah. Which is the cool balance of the whole system. Right. But it's like, shit, man, this is what I've been trying to do from the beginning. It, it just like, finally, now I figured it out, you know, finally now, Oh, oh now I can communicate it. But it took, you know, banging around kind of like figuring out like what, how did, you know, and doing it a lot wrong. Um, and you know, and also like even my mentors, they didn't know what to do either. They were like, well, try this, try that. You know, this is the problem with this, whatever, you know? And, and the thing is the entire time that that was happening, I was doing it though. I wasn't, it wasn't a theory. It wasn't like, I think I'm going to make a film school someday. No, it was like, I'm actually making a film school and then this is working. I'm struggling here. Okay. Like we've resolved that. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes you realize, well, there's been this issue the whole time and it's been systemic and it's been actually affecting everything. Okay. We resolved that. Well, a whole bunch of problems just went away and then maybe new problems come up, but they're, they're good yeah. problems to have. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're getting to do what you love to do. Right. You know, as long I mean, as you're just still getting to do that. I mean, and then if you're getting paid for it, man, that's great. Well, exactly. That's, yeah. that's gravy. I know. And you know, the other thing too is like, you know, it's that magnifying glass thing. The more I get focused with that magnifying glass, the more I feel like I'm, I'm on my purpose. Cause like, you know, I'm not really teaching film I'm not really teaching film to make money. I mean, that's not really like, like, it's nice that I do make money doing that. But for me, I really, truly, passionately want people to make films. And I I really just, I love the filmmaking process. I love just getting out there and making something. To me, that's so exciting. Like, 
you know, and, uh, and really re- recognizing that that's what my passion about is helping people to like feel empowered to make shit. Um, and so the more I get my focus on that, the more I'm driven to get up in the morning, the more I'm driven to get it, you know, producing and doing paperwork or raising money to me, those are all just the means to an end. They're not what I'm passionate about. What I'm passionate mm-hmm. about is like, like, I, like I, I almost want to call someone up and be like, like, just to give you almost the idea is like, I want to call someone up and say, Hey, I'm thinking of making this or let's make this. And we literally go, okay, I'm going to call five of my friends. You call five of your friends. Let's get them together and let's meet at three o'clock today and let's film this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm like, I want to do it now today. I want to do it yesterday. You know, I want it now. Right. I, I, and I, and I think that when I think about my success with any of the school has been what people like about me and what they, what, what they like for me as a teacher is I'm not the most experienced. I'm the most knowledgeable. I haven't necessarily had the biggest, uh, robust career, but one thing about it is like, you know, if a client said this once, they said, you know, um, it's cause someone, an older person said something like, I should be teaching what Brandon's doing or something. I don't know, something like that. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, Brandon's actually getting people to make films. And I thought, you know what, that that's really it. I'm, I'm like, I'm like the guy that like you talk about it. I do it. That's the difference. And the thing is, is like, you can say all you want about how I don't do it as well as I should or how you know more, but there's a difference between the action takers and the talkers. Mm-hmm. And, and what I want to do is I want to, I want to create an academy of action takers. I want to create an academy yeah. of people that and, actually do it. And in many yeah. ways, that's a more important lesson than, than any sort of like, you know, a, a lot of these film schools teach, right? It's like they teach a lot of, again, like a lot of theory and a lot of, you know, and, and there's, yeah, there's like cool things that you can learn that way. You can learn a lot of tools. You can learn a lot of techniques and stuff like that, but you know, a more valuable lesson is to be like, create, yeah, create, make stuff. Like don't let anything stop you. If you got, if you got to, if you got to shoot this on like a couple of, of iPhones and shoot it on, on some iPhones, right? who gives a shit, yeah. you know, like, are you making it or are you not making it? Right. And well, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like there's just like, there's, <laughs> there's so much juice mm-hmm. in, in just like taking some action and yeah. And like, and not making the excuses and, and making it simple, make it simple. How are you making so, so often it's like, you know, our fear, we, we make things complicated. Mm. Our fears make things so complicated. It's like, well, there's this, and there's this, and I really would like it to be like this. And then I've got to get someone to do it like this. And it's just like, no, you don't, yeah. you don't need half of this. Shit. You don't need, you don't need, <laughs> you know, you don't need a quarter of this shit. Yeah. You could do this movie with this tomorrow. Right. Like you could, you could do it. Well, you, you know, know, it's like, yeah. yeah. And no, it's not gonna, it's not gonna look, it's not gonna fucking look like inception. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's not going to look like, but you're not Christopher Nolan. No. And Christopher Nolan's first film was like, not inception was not inception. <laughs> it was a black and white film. Yeah. That was like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't even in like a, in like a widescreen aspect ratio. I'm pretty sure it was like four by three. It was a good little movie Yeah. that he did, you know, it's like, but it was so simple, right? Super simple. Well, and that's, and he know, just did it. Yeah. Fuck it. Danny Boyle made a fucking movie on DV. <laughs> he ma- he made an iconic film on DV. Right. Like yeah, he had a big crew for it, and he was kind of 
he'd already done enough some stuff at that point, but like shot a movie on DV. Nobody shoots movie on DV anymore. It looks like shit. Yeah. But like it kind of worked for it at the time. I think I'm talking about 50, no, wait, 20, 28 days later. That's what I'm talking about here. Yeah. That was a great film. You know, just like, well, and that's, you know, that's the thing. I, I, my point is, is just to say that, you know, you find where your you find where your niche is, you find what your thing is and you just do it authentically. And, you know, and like, you know, there's this masterclass, which is out. And, and by the way, I just want to say side note, I'm not competing with film schools. Film schools provide a great service because we need good crew members that are knowledgeable and experienced. And we need people that understand the technical sides of the industry. And I'm all for film schools. I think it's great. Um, do I always agree with the pricing and, and what they give you and what they promise? No. And I think that that should be, a, uh, you know, people should be critically critical about that. But I do think that, you know, it's a great base to go to like learn. And, and when it comes to visual effects and, and stuff like that, film school is the way to go as far as I know, or you can, you can learn online if you have that self-motivation, but you know, I've seen great things come out of that. Mm-hmm. So that's side note. The other thing too, is there's an online course right now called masterclass. And I look at that and you know, they're, they're essentially, you could call them a competitor, but they're, um, a theoretical course. It's, you know, the, you know, you get Martin Scorsese's in the most recent one, you know, um, they got like, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Sorkin talking about writing yeah. and another Kevin Spacey All and that stuff's good. Hans and Zimmer and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't want to compete with those guys. Like who am I compared to, to those guys? I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, uh, an indie filmmaker. I'm, you know, so comparatively we go head to head, go with Martin Scorsese. If I'm teaching the same thing, Martin Scorsese teaching, please go with Martin Scorsese. He knows a lot more than I do. You know what I'm saying? He's way more experienced. He's way, way bigger people than I have. But just like, why would I go head to head with, with Martin Scorsese or, or masterclass? I don't need to do that. What I need to do is I need to provide a service that gives to people something that masterclass doesn't because Martin Scorsese isn't going to get down there with you and help you problem solve on your indie film set, but he's going to give you a lot of great theory and a lot of great lessons in a systemized way but you're not necessarily going to have that guy that's going to help you, you know, figure out what to do um, on the ground level, on the bootstrap level, on the thing that actually confronts your fears and your personal struggle of, you know, because I'm that guy, that's me. But the thing is, is that do both of them. You know, it doesn't become one or the other anymore. It becomes, we're all in this together. We're all working together. And so, you know, um, we've talked about this too before is like, my business coach and I, you know, Lee McIntyre, who I worked with a while ago, he said, you should set your business up so you compete with nobody and nobody competes with you. There, there is yeah. no competition. You know, you're, you, you need to provide something that, that is the best and is the only thing. And the thing is, is that what I can do is I can offer something that's personal, something that is uh, specific and something that can generate results in a way that I, I have yet to have met anyone who can do it. And it's what's actually kind of given me a lot of opportunity. And so for me, it's just about me being authentic and owning that. And like, you know, um, and I think anything like, you know, you teach your acting school, you know, you just got, you know, there's many, many acting schools, but, yeah. but, and I did yours, I did your first thing and I don't know how you're going to communicate that, but that for me was one of a kind. I, I had never experienced that anywhere else. Um, I'm sure with your work and what you'll do, you'll eventually figure out how to even make it more, uh, one of a kind, yeah. right? But the thing is, is that when it becomes one of a kind, 
There is no alternative. It is that, or you do something else, which is something else. But it's not like, well, I don't really want to do Evan school because this school is a little bit better. Or I do Evan school because it's better than these schools. Like that's, that should be irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that like that, that's, you know, that, that's what I've been learning no, over the years. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I've, and it, what's interesting is that there is, uh, it's funny how the universe works <laughs> just to get a little woo woo here. Yeah. Uh, because the closer I get to being the more and more I get to being on my authentic message and what I want to do and disc- and the more intimate I am with what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and understanding what it is, uh, the more I realize that it is one of a kind. Hmm. I'm like, nobody's doing this. Right. Nobody's talking about this. And, and the more I've realized, I'm like, yeah, it's like what I'm, not in competition with anybody, which is really nice because not from an egotistical standpoint, it's like, nobody can compete with yeah, me. It's you know, like it's that. just like, no, I actually, I'm, I don't conflict with anybody. That's yeah. the way I see it. I'm like, I'm not in, like in a conflict with anybody. It's just like, go study with all these other people. If that's what you need to do, you come to me if you're looking for some, for this, right. If you're looking for this experience, that's why you come to me. Right to a point where it's like, I'm starting to see, it's like, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, I know I have, you know, relationships with, um, other teachers in the community and it's like, and I know they'll say, it's like, you know what, you need to go like, like really once they get the ball rolling and they understand what I'm doing too, they'll be like, you need to go and work with Evan. Yeah. You know, it's just like, they're going to tell their students like to come and work with me. And, and then like, you'll go tell them to work with them when they need something else. And exactly. Then, and then all that happens is you guys are just helping each other because, uh, you know, you know, when you have companies and people that are always constantly uh, competing against one another, it just, I mean, life becomes difficult because you know, so many people can be helping each other. Yeah. And, and that's then, when people start to become inauthentic too, you know, like right. people start saying like, they can promise you everything yeah. and it's all horseshit. Anybody's promising you everything is bullshit. One of the things like with acting, so it's like, Oh yeah, like we'll make you famous or we'll yeah. get you to, you know, you'll book more and all this stuff. Oh, those like, ones that are like, you're going to book more and, and all of this, like all that kind of, you know, it's it, like, it's horse shit. Yeah. It's, it's not a fair. bunch of horse I mean, shit. That's not right. You know, and I think I like, like I did my business school, right. And it was called the uh, 10 times or whatever. I, I don't know what the name was. It get, get more momentum. Basically Liam McIntyre ran it. I don't think he runs it anymore, but there's other good people who do now. But anyway, um, you know, basically his model was I'm going to help you 10 times your business. And, um, I'm going to teach you how to market properly, how to sell properly, and basically how to systematize your whole thing so that it fits everything was absolutely 100% delivered on. And then some, it was, it was amazing. I haven't even applied all the strategies yet. And it's something I literally, it's, it's online. I don't know if it's still offered anymore, but I literally redo these courses all the time just because they're so robust and so good. And he, he just absolutely delivered on what he said he would do. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is with Lee is total integrity, total authenticity gives you what he says he'll do. And if you apply what he says he'll do, it works. And it really worked for me. It, it's changed my life. Um, and is he the only person 
No, there's other, other online people who offer different things, Yeah. but he did something that was very special and very rare. And when I tell people a little bit of what I've learned, they're usually like, wow, that's really fucking cool. Yeah. And it was, it was, wow, it was really yeah. fucking cool. And it cost me nine fucking grand, by the way, <laughs> but I've already made that money back and then some, so I'm yeah. not even worried about that, you know, and whatever. The other thing too, is that it's like, you know, there, there's oftentimes you come across, you do come across people who are given kind of the same information. Right. Um, but for whatever reason, you just hear it from some, like some person has a way of communicating it in a way that just makes more sense to you. Yes. You know, like, and, and that still, that still fits in with, you know, kind of like how you fit in with the niche, you know, like you have a particular way of communication of expression that just like it connects with some people, it right. articulate, you know, for whatever it articulates in a way that they, that someone else can understand that nobody else can, can get to. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's all. And, and that all still comes from, you know, you really starting to like come to grips and own what you have to bring. That's a value, hmm. you know, and you being kind of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, it's, it's like different, different, sometimes different people are going to work with you. Like, uh, you know, I remember in acting school, you know, if like some people love those, like, uh, people that run their acting classes, kind of like a boot camp. Some people really like that. And that really works for them. Yeah. For me, I found that I can take a boot camp class in little spurts, but then it just becomes, it actually, it's too much. It makes it too militant for me, too structured. And I essentially just rebel. Yeah. At the same time, I don't want someone who's too soft and everything's wonderful all the time either. I, but I've been, you know, I've been learning to kind of find my balance. And also like me as a teacher, uh, you know, as a filmmaking teacher, I'm not for everybody. And I try to tell people that like, and I try to get them, you know, I, I do like a half hour or sometimes an hour call with people as a consultation. So I can get a feeling of what I'm like to work with. Cause I'm, you know, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you honestly, but I'm also going to do it with a certain kind of compassion, mm-hmm. but you need to be, and I'm going to put you into action. I'm literally going to put you there. So if you don't like to take action and you don't like the truth, you want too much candy coating. Um, you're not going to work well with me. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. But m- my, my fiery kind of intensity about stuff and my call to action mentality, I'm very passionate about it. So the thing is, is that people who, who like it get great results, but you know, some people are not at that stage and they might be, Yeah. but that's the thing too, is I've been learning this as well, is that sometimes a client will be ready for me, but they want, they're not ready yet. So what I do is I say, listen, you should read these books, go here, do this. And then after you've done that, then come to me and we can work yeah. together. You know, so some people I've literally said like, you know, I'll get them on a call and we'll talk a bit about their personal life. And I'll be like, look, you got, you should sort this stuff out in your personal life first. And then just call me back up and we'll, we'll do this again and we'll figure out a place for you here. But like, you know, Lee, his big thing is like, don't be scared to say no to people. He's like, you know, someone's not a fit, tell them for their own sake. But when, when people are like, I need every client I can get, that's not the kind of teacher you want. And that's not the kind of teacher I want to be. So learning how to do that. And the more, you know, I like this analogy, the sun and the, and the magnifying glass, the more I'm specific about what I want and who I want to work with, the better the clientele, the better the results, the better my experience of it. And so then you just become, uh, you become capable of 
doing more with more people, but you know, you try to do it from a place of integrity as much as possible. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you're not going to know this day one. That's the thing that people got to understand. Yeah. Right. I think that's the thing. Like we started this podcast. Let's bring it all back. Right. Yeah. We started this podcast. We didn't know what we were doing. It's a year now. It's basically you're almost live. 163 episodes. I don't know how you do that math. Yeah. Crazy. Right. But we've been doing this for a while. We, you know, we, 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 we've been, we've been trying it out. We've been figuring it out. We've been getting feedback and we're learning. Um, you know, we didn't know how to do it perfectly from the start. We went out, we tried to do research. We learned from other people. We got all the advice we could get. It's all theory until you do it. And so now we're here 163 episodes in and we're going, are we doing this? Is this working right? Is it the way we want it to be? Do we want to keep doing it the way we're doing it? Do we want to look at it? And that's a great conversation. And, um, I honestly, I'm not worried where we'll end up, but I don't know if it'll always look the way it looks today, but you know what? The great thing about the whole podcast journey is that I, you know, all this stuff will be recorded. It will, I I still go back to these episodes every now and then to just give myself some insights. And if it changes or evolves or it changes names or it becomes shorter or whatever, who knows what happens? Um, I look at, I go, that's great. We did this which was the foundation, which built whatever we build next. And maybe that's the foundation for whatever gets built on that. But this is just, you know, this is just an evolving process, you know, but I'd rather that we started a podcast, did it for a year, did it all wrong and went, okay, we did it a year and it didn't work out. Let's, or well, I'm not going to say it didn't work out. It's worked out decently, but like, you know, um, it didn't work out quite the way we wanted it to, but we have this vision and what do we need to do to make that vision possible? you know? Yeah. And so then you just go, okay, great. One thing I think that we're doing really well is guests come on when they come on, they're always like, it's, you know, they have a great time. Yeah. So we're, we're doing that well, you know, that's a win. You know, I, I, I you know, I want to have people and we've had audience members saying, you know, I was in a real funk. I was in a depression and this really got me out of it. Okay, great. Those are two things we're doing pretty well. Yeah. Maybe we're, maybe we're doing some other things not so well, but we figure it out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's fun, man. I don't know. You know, it's like I, I resisted change so much in my life and I'm just like, I'm at, just at a point, I don't know, is maybe you get to a certain age, a certain juncture in life. You start saying, fuck it, let's try some things, you know, let's, let's change it up if that's, yeah. you know, not to get so like bent out of shape when something doesn't go like the way that you wanted it to. Right. You know, like right away. It's like, it doesn't mean that things aren't going to go the way that you want them to. It's just not going to happen in the way that you thought it was going to. Right. You know, like that's the big thing. It's like, it's not that things aren't going to go your way. You know, it's just that you had some misconceptions about how that was going to, going to go down. Right. Right. And I think that that's an important, that's a valuable distinction for us to, to take into, um, our lives and how we, and how we perceive, um, the kind of the events and the things that happen. Yeah. Right. You know, and with the sense of just like, okay, well, you know, how is this perfect? You know, how is this actually exactly what I need to actually get to what I want? You know, yeah. as opposed to like these things like, no, I tried it didn't work in the market and the, in the, you know, in the industry and the, you know, all this crap. It's just like, no, like none of it was actually stopped you. 
you know, know? I want to share a story, actually. I think it relates to this. I was thinking back. So I was playing for, so I was playing soccer. I was playing for the, the, the season before we won the Provincial Cup. So we won yeah. the best team in the, in the country for age group. And um, we were basically, I think we were undefeated, you know, going into the next season. We're killing it. And we approached this team. They're not a good team. They're just really not. Like, compared skill-wise, you know, talent-wise, you know, no real stars, whatever. Our team, yeah. you know, we had, like, we were the top team. And we had the best players, like, around, right? And uh, we come back after this half. And I don't remember if we were down a goal or if it was just, like, just nothing was working. Yeah. And I remember this really specifically because I remember our coaches coming in. And they were, like, they're doing the kick and run. And they're just killing us because we'd pass the ball up the field all the way up. And then, boom, they'd kick it down. Then we pass the ball all the way up the field and they kick it down. And we were, we keep working the ball, Grace swept the yeah. field. And I remember they said, I want you guys to kick and run. I want, and you, like, classy teams, like top teams, we, you don't play kick and run. It's like, it's like what children do. They kick the ball up the field and they run after it, right? Yeah. But he's like, let's beat them at their own game. And we literally went out the next half. We played kick and run against them and just drilled goals in net, like over yeah. and over and over again. Because we were like, fine, they're going to kick the ball down. We're going to kick it right back up at you. But we're better at the tops, at the front. So we're going to take the ball and then we're going to score. But we're not going to do this dilly-dally right. work it up the field, which you normally have to do with most teams. And, and I, I thought, you know, those coaches were brilliant. They were just brilliant guys. And uh, anyway, they, they, I really remember that because we just adapted. We had to change yeah. and we had to do something that was theoretically below us to win the game. So uh, I think that's a good <laughs> well, lesson. Winning's winning. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a good lesson to say is like sometimes, you know, um, it's not about, it's not about doing everything right. Sometimes it's about looking at it going, okay, well, what I'm doing isn't working. Yeah. It isn't working the way at least I want it to work. And I mean, maybe we come out of that game. I mean, I don't even know. I don't remember the score. I just remember the halftime talk. And I remember coming yeah. back and cleaning house. But we were either tied or we were down a goal, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, and I remember us, you know, just being frustrated because we thought we were doing everything right. And, and our coaches just having the foresight to see like, hey, like what we're doing is not working. So let's try something else. Let's try yeah. something that we don't think would work normally and see if it works. And, um, you know, it, it's exciting. Right. And so like, I look at that kind of thing a little bit in, in, in right now. And I go, um, maybe, maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit like, um, maybe it's just, just pivot. Just maybe we're almost on track, but it's just a little off, you know? And yeah. like, you know, you think about uh, sports, right? You, you know, you shoot that ball, that hoop, you, you, you kick that ball at the net, slap it at the net, whatever you're doing, whatever sport it is, uh, you know, golf. If you miss it by a little bit, you miss it. Yeah. And sometimes you got to make little adjustments, right? And then, yeah. and you got to be willing to make those adjustments. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you got to be willing to get the garbage goals too. Yeah. You know, totally. I think of like <laughs> the, the sport I know best is hockey and okay. it's like, you know, you see a lot of like these great teams, like with elite players and they're like, they play that possession game, you know, pass, pass, pass. Like they set up the, like, the most pretty plays or something, but then you come up against a team one night, you know, and they just like, they plug things up. You're not able to get the passes through that you normally do. Like you're doing a good job there or you run into a goalie who's just like, just brilliant. Yeah. You know, they're just, they see everything that's going on. And then what happens after like the second period it's like they come out there and she's like, all right, 
shots on net. Just sh- I don't care where they're coming from. You just put shots on the net and traffic. Right. Just like everybody's going to put traffic so that the goalie can't even see what's happening. And you put shots through as best you can. Mm. And, you know, the next thing you know, you win again. Yeah, you didn't win, win it pretty like you won, you know, however many dozens of games you've won, like yeah. doing what you do. But every now and then it's like, shit, well... It's not working. That's how it has to go. You know, that's how it has to go sometimes. You yeah, know? you know, and I think that's you know that's kind of it's kind of it. You know, you, you you figure it out as you go. And I think the thing is, is you got all these books. Like I read a lot all the time, and 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 books are great. But you know, I always think like you know a book. There's books that are theory, and there's books that are practical. I I prefer practical books. Yeah. I want books where I can literally read that chapter, go out and apply what you told me to do, and see for myself through yeah. interaction is that working. And you know, and and when I do a course, I want you know I, I like I literally want to I want to go do it. I want to try it out. Like, and I think that we should demand that of our teachers. We should demand that that we don't get too in our head. And also, we should demand of ourselves, not just our teachers for us to take action, but we should also demand of ourselves that I'm going to go and I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to fall on my face in front of everybody. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm going to do whatever I need to do, but I'm going to learn this for real. I'm not going to learn it in in a book. I'm not going to learn in my head. I'm going to learn it by doing it. And like, you know, you're just not going to know until you go in and do it, in my opinion. And I think that, you know, um, that's kind of where we sit in in a sense with this podcast. We've done it now for a while and we're looking at it and going, okay, well, this is what's, this is kind of how this has played out, you know? And do we like it? Do we not like it? I personally, I know for sure that you and I could do a podcast that is, is, has, has a better slug line or a, say a more, not better. I'm not going to say better, more marketable slug line, more marketable title, yeah. more, uh, you know, we could create presentation. We could do facilitation, uh, facilitation with affiliates and whatnot that could leverage us for it. I'm not saying that we're doing it wrong. I'm just saying that we could do it differently if we want to do it. Yeah. And I think it's like, well, Hey, that's exciting just to be like, do we want to pivot? Is that what we want? Um, you know, to and, contemplate possibility. Right. right. And I think when we started this podcast too, and I, I mean, I don't need to go off, but I, I do, um, is that we started it with, I just want to record some conversations and I want to remember these because they were good talks for me and maybe some other people will like them. Yeah. And we achieved that goal because that's where we started yeah. off. But we didn't start off going, we're going to have the biggest podcast that ever hit. We never, we never set that goal. We, no. we weren't trying to make it the most marketable and we didn't go out with those goals. Are our goals going to change that way? I don't know yet, but this conversation has brought up some really interesting things about, you know, do we want that? Is that part of our value system? Um, or, or do we want to keep things the way they are? But either way, I think we can both take something from this and and look and go, okay, well, I'm sure there's other things in my life that I'm not necessarily doing exactly the way I want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You bring up an interesting thing about like, you know, what the intention was at the start, right? right? You know, and it's like, and sometimes taking some time to reevaluate that, you know, it's like, okay, well, we've kind of, yeah, like we've achieved what we set out to do from this, from when we started. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, okay, so do you want to continue on this or like, do you want to evolve it in some way? So it's very cool. 
I think it's going to be cool. I think as we, as we talk to more people about the podcast and we start to search for outsider advice about where to take this, um, knowing that and being willing to be open will be enough for them to, to give us options. Yeah. You know, cause I think right now it's like, I don't necessarily know the answers, but I know that there is the, the, the possibility of evolution or change or growth in some other new way or direction. I don't know what it is, but it'll be interesting when we start talking to people that it's more, uh, who are more experienced than us to kind of give us uh, advice. Yeah. And I mean, that that's cool. Okay. So what are you going to take away from this, buddy? Um, oh man, <laughs> you know, this has been kind of a cool one. Like we've, we've touched on a, we've touched on a lot of stuff here. You know, my takeaway from this is, is really, you know, like reevaluating, you know, like reevaluating, like your endeavors at some point consciously, like being like, okay, like have, have I set out what I kind of like originally intended with this, mm-hmm. you know? And if so, then it's like, okay. So it's like, you know, are you content with that? Is that cool? Is like, cause if so, the end, yeah, absolutely. Just keep, keep going. Um, or is there somewhere you want to take this? Is there some, you know, something where you want to now refocus on right? and, uh, and, and bring something new, like have a new discovery, have, you know, and, uh, and yeah, like I'm just kind of realizing towards the end of this, it's like, yeah, it's really important that, you know, it's like that we, we do, we, we reevaluate where we are and, and, and see if anything has changed mm. and to then, find new intention, find new direction, find uh, change that we can make. Uh, because that's what kind of keeps things exciting and, and that it's not a thing for us to resist, but to, a thing for us to embrace. So um, I'm going to start looking at some things that I'm doing in my life right now and see where I can like reevaluate. Right. And just say, it's like, have I set out what I achieved with this? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much that simple. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, I, just to further on your point, I think I'm like at a place now where I know I've, I've achieved what I set out to do with a lot of, um, certain endeavors, especially with the business thing. I mean, shit, I'm, I'm beginning to expand and build businesses in new ways I've never done before, which is super exciting. And I totally believe in these new methods and ways. Um, uh, but I think for me, it's about looking at, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take away from this. I'm going to just set new intentions for this next chapter in my life. Cause it's really like, it's just been an evolution. I'm just at a new place now. And I think that it's time to revisit those intentions and just kind of go like, wait, okay. So I did what I wanted to do. What do I want to do now? You know, now that you're here and now that you see this is possible. Um, you know, I've just things that I didn't even know were possible. I can tot like they're, they're, they're second hand, second nature to me. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know what you want to call it, but, um, you know, it's, it's normal for me. So now it's going, okay, now knowing what you know, now being aware of this, what do you want to do? And I think that's what I'm going to do because for me, that will help me to make the decisions I need to make moving forward. Yeah. Um, because a lot has changed. A lot has changed since I started even, uh, really doing business outside of film, outside of say, just the production yeah. company. Um, so for me, I'm just going, okay, well, um, you know, what, how do I want to do this? What do I want to do? Um, and, and also I just, I think the other lesson I'm going to take from this is I want to be 
more, even more open and more adaptive to new possibilities. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I want to get a little bit away from what I think I know and what I think works and be open to like, try, I want to try some stuff. I want to, I want to, you know, cause like right now we got basically the courses, they're like fully online. So I, I work with students like on other places in the world. I don't even have to go anywhere, but I had a realization over the last like month really is that I like being in class. I like being there live with people yeah. teaching them. And, and so for me, I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to do a live class, not because I have to, not because I need to, but because I want to, I want to be in there and I want to build a community. Yeah. And like, um, I, to me, that's an exciting thing. So, you know, it's, it's, I need to kind of like, look at these things and like reevaluate. It's like, cause there's, cause I had my mentors say, well, why would you ever teach a class online if, or, or, or live, if you could just teach it online? Cause you, you could just, you, you know, no overhead. You don't have to be anywhere. There's yeah. no organization around that. It's like, it's not because it's not the necessarily the smartest thing to do, but it builds something else that I want, which is community. It yeah. builds a social report, builds, um, immediate activity. And those are values of mine. And yeah. I'm, I'm kind of recognizing that. Yeah. Especially if you enjoy it too. Right. And why wouldn't you want to do it? Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I got, buddy. Cool. Well, okay. thanks everybody. Once yeah. again, once again, <laughs> On the B&E Podcasts, we'll be back again and again. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks. Thanks.